I get it. You're just not gonna put out more content than me. We do social media. You need to have everyone knowing that you're in real estate. Everything ties together to all correlate, offline branding, online branding, piecing everything together. Are you willing to put yourself out there? I have why not you tattooed on my wrist. Welcome back to another episode of the Why Not You podcast, where we talk about business, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship, and we bring on special guests to educate and motivate. And today we have a very special guest in Joe Cosentino, who is the owner of Morris Park Realty, as well as Westchester Real Estate Consultants. And Joe, for those that are local, Joe is a legend in the real estate business. Um, He's Honestly, he's one of the most well-known guys in the industry, in this area, Westchester in the Bronx. Um, you've been going on, what, you're over 15 years in the business. 18. 18 now. But Joe's got a history of business, right? You're not, you didn't just, real estate, it wasn't just real estate. You did things before that. And we're going to probably dive into just the mind of a business owner um, today. Because I think a lot of people have this weird stigma that you start a business and you're automatically successful. You know, it's like, no, you got to make the business money before you even make a dollar. Um, But Joe, absolute pleasure having you on. And I want to give, I like to give the guests the floor to kind of talk about who they are, you know, what their upbringing was like. And then from there, kind of just dive into a deeper conversation. So with further ado, Joe, the floor is yours. Thanks, Fran. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Uh, yep. Normally, I'm welcoming yeah. you. But Joe has his own podcast, yeah, so he's uh, usually the host. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Of course. Thank you for all that you guys do. Uh, Appreciate Joe, it. Joe Cosentino. Uh, I do own Morris Park Realty. Um, it's a brokerage in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also opened uh, Westchester Realty Consultants in mm-hmm. Westchester and Harrison. Yep. Um, so when I first started, obviously, we're in Morris Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little office on Morris Park uh, Avenue. Yep. And before that, I worked out of my home. You know, we, we during the last crash of the real estate market, yeah. like many of us uh, brokerages had to find. Endure. Endure and, and find ways of staying open. Yeah. Um, so I worked out of my home for several years. I, uh, as I started getting uh, busier, I, I said, I got to find a, a retail location because mm-hmm. I can't have all these people coming to my house. <laughs> no, you had young kids at the time yes, then. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I found a, a, a brokerage on Morris Park. Yep. It was called Morris Park Realty. It was there from the 70s. And the broker owner was uh, Dan Fazolino, who mm-hmm. I knew. Uh, and he was getting on in years. He was wanted to retire. Yep. So we made a deal. I took over Morris Park Realty. Yep. Um, and it was just basically myself and my yeah. assistant, Jessica, who yep. you know. Uh, she worked and, and went to school and worked and, yep. and, and basically um, ran the show. Why I actually was working for an, uh, an HVAC company. Yep. And I had two jobs. So yeah. I had real estate and I had sales. Yeah. So yeah. it took a while. You know, in the beginning, it mm-hmm. wasn't easy. You no. know, I had to have two jobs. I had kids. I had a mortgage. I had bills you know yeah how do you make a living doing real estate yeah especially in a down market well that's something that you've gone through so many different time periods of yeah. real estate you know <laughs> you went through the 2007 2008 well you came in what was it right oh five oh five. Came in 05. new construction was booming yeah um and then it <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it just... we had a good 
two year run. Yeah. You know, I came in 05, 06, was very busy. Yeah. Construction everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the Bronx was booming. Yeah. And I worked for some developers. I worked, mm. that's how I kind of learned the business yeah. and, and worked on the new construction side. Yeah. And we, we did a couple of condo projects. Mm -hmm. uh, one was in Outlook. It was in Country Club section of the Bronx. It's yep. beautiful. Like mm -hmm. if you go there, you don't really, you never think you're you, you're in the Bronx. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and then I started learning different ways of marketing. Yeah. Um, back then, we didn't have really the internet. It was just starting. You mm -hmm. know, we didn't have we had Zillow, but it wasn't really like it is today. Yeah. Um, so my idea was to open up like a model home. You know, you'd go out to some of these projects and you'd see they'd have this beautiful model home with furniture and um, people would look at it and see and visualize what how they would imagine. Yeah. It. So I told the builder, I said, let's open up. Let's let's buy some furniture, you know, fix up the one of the units because mm -hmm. the units were basic. Yeah. Like oak cabinets. Yeah. Not even granite. Like you walked yeah. into this thing, it was just a, the only thing that it had was this beautiful water view, mm -hmm. Throgs Neck Bridge, yep. City Island, Long Island. Yeah. Um, so you looked out at this beautiful view, mm -hmm. but the interior, you know, they were basic. So I said, let's put nice cabinets, let's put granite, recessed lighting. Yep. Um, let's get some furniture. We didn't have digital staging. No. Right? None no. of this stuff that we use today. Yep. Uh, drone, we didn't have drone technology, so yeah. we had to get like an aerial, you know, <laughs> like a plane flying over with a picture. Tape a camera to a pigeon. Nah, it's crazy. <laughs> the stuff we wanted to show the whole project. Of course. So how do you how do you show a whole project from the air? Yeah. Um, and then you know we obviously we we tweaked it. Yeah, of but course. that was really my first learning experience now when you got into the the business did you have a mentor or was it really just like do you have like a specific few people that you can say you know what they helped me a lot to learn uh, yeah or? there were several people you know yeah. the broker who owned the brokerage um he was like really old school okay you know uh ben locker he was yeah. a great guy uh, he didn't know anything about computers <laughs> you know he had i was like the young guy yeah. i knew the computer i yeah. knew the mls he yeah. wasn't even on mls wow he didn't even know really what mls was <laughs> till i came in <laughs> i said well we got to put these on mls oh no we can't share this is our listing like you know back then you didn't share like oh. Real estate was kind of like a brokerage, <laughs> not secret, but you had like the in-house listings okay. off market. Okay. Um, you know, so a broker had like a Rolodex. He uh -huh. would go through his Rolodex and call people. And he would call people. Hey, I just got this new listing. We're really? having an open house. My this God, Saturday changed. And you would put signs out, and yeah. people would just come. And, yeah. And, and now it's like you get a listing, you got to blast that out. Well, now, you know, with the way the, 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 the MLS is and the yep. way we, we all share. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the big, um, you know, I'm a big fan of because if I get a listing, yep. you know, if you're my client and mm -hmm. you say, Joe, I need you to sell my home. What better way for me than to share it with 40,000 agents? Oh, 100%. Who have 40,000 clients. Yeah. So if I keep that in my little world and say, you know what, I'm going to just hold on to this listing. <laughs> Who's going to know about it? I mean, maybe I have 2,000 people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Out of those 2,000 people, how many are really buying? Yeah. You're lucky if 20 people are buying. That's true. And it might not fit their needs or yeah. their budget. Absolutely. So it's be beneficial for all realtors to, to be a part of the MLS. 
I think an important part of this conversation is also hitting on like a bit of your, your mindset, you know, getting into 2005, you have great two years, 08, you know, happens and it's like the world financially got put on its head. Um, but you stuck with it, you know, you stuck with it, grind it out. So I think tell the audience a little bit about like your mindset as an individual, because that is a huge separating factor for most industries where, you know, you, you don't have to be the most intelligent person or the smartest person, but like if you are able to navigate correctly, stay strategic and work hard and doing work hard, doing the right thing, you can right. get out of things, right? Because you have to also be able to take that stuff emotionally, sure. you know? So tell the audience a little bit about like what molded your mindset to just keep it going. Like, there's no stopping. Like, what's the <laughs> well, joke hosting to your mindset? You got to put food on the table. Oh, of course. I mean, that's yeah. number one. Yeah. Um, and, and when you take on the responsibility of a family, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's a big responsibility. Yeah. Uh, you have wife, children, you know, dependents, whatever yeah. it is that, you're, you're, that are relying on you. So you have, obviously, when you take on a business and you open up a business, you have employees, you have people that really need you know, they don't own a business, but they're working for you. So yeah. it's the same thing. Absolutely. To me, a business is the, another child. Anyone who does not treat their business like it's a child uh, will go out of business. Yeah. And then, like you said, I've been in multiple businesses. Yeah. So when I was younger, you know, and I didn't really have a family and I was in business for myself. Yeah, you, you can know, get a little week, crazy. <laughs> the weekends would come and I would leave early to go to the Hamptons. Yeah. And I would, you know, all I cared about was let's go out the weekend or where I'm going here. Of course. Who's running the business? You know, so if you're not there, I mean, not saying you have to be married to the business, which you are. Yeah. Uh, but you got to be there. You got to be present. Um, and like you said, you got to be willing to grind it out. You know, yeah. there, there's a lot of sacrifices. There's many, Absolutely. you know, times I wanted to go coach, you know, baseball or football, you, or, can't do or, it. you know, and I had an open house or I would go to the field in, in slacks and every, all the other fathers were in shorts and running around and here yeah. I am, you know, brought into an open house. Yeah. Um, so when you're starting off and it's just you. Uh, you don't have a team of agents or an yeah. office manager or you know, a, a social media company yeah. helping you. So it's hard in the beginning because you're, you're you're doing it all yourself. Absolutely, and and I think you brought up a good point there, right? You know, you're you're no longer just yourself, right? No. You have a you have a whole team. Like there there's a, you know you have a ton of agents that work underneath you. But something I think we talk about a lot, and I bring it up to other people as well, is that you are very much in full understanding of the importance of advertising, marketing, and branding yourself. It's been yeah. something that you've been doing since the beginning of your since career. You know, went. you're all about, you've done the shopping carts, you've done yeah. the benches, you've done the billboards, you've done the flyers, the, you've done Postcards, the mailers, postcards, door like, knockers, there's at door this, hangers. Yeah, like I don't think there's something that you Newspapers. Yeah, there isn't something that you <laughs> haven't done. But now we're in this digital age, yeah. right? And I hear you talking about the people all the time that like it's, you're omnipresent. And I think that's a big thing for not just real estate agents to understand, but I think for people in the professional service industries to understand yeah. that it's doesn't like social media and digital is not meant to take away from something. It's an addition to what you're doing, right? right? You have the print marketing, you have the digital, you have your networking events, right? Yeah. Your golf outings you sponsor, right. like you're doing all these things. So I guess jump into that a little bit about like how has 
keeping that mentality of marketing yourself throughout the years been beneficial for you now and also your future self? Well, you never know where the next deal is coming from or your next client. Mm -hmm. um, so I always felt that if I'm going to go to an event or if I'm going to do a golf outing or if I'm going to go to a networking event, um, take out a sponsorship. Yep. You know, one, it's a good cause. Usually it's a charity yeah. or some something I'm helping. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's a charity event, I've always liked the journal ads and I always mm -hmm. like to put a journal ad in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if it's a golf outing. A, a tea sponsor or yep. sponsor something. Yeah. Uh, put your name out there. People remember that. Yeah. You know, and when they're like, wow, Joe sponsored, he helped out in my event. Yeah. Someone calls and says, oh, you got a good realtor in the Bronx? Call Joe. Call this yeah. guy. This guy's not only is he a, a good realtor, he's, the, you know, he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much how I, I really captured that, that mentality of using advertising and mm -hmm. marketing. Uh, for good causes, and, and obviously, you know, sometimes you don't get business from it. No. And I, I don't look for business from it. And that's what I think a lot of people do, and the mistake they make is... Yes, they expect If business. I give you this, I'm going to get that. Well, they become... And, they, they It's the game theory. You have right. givers, takers, reciprocators. So and in I, our business, we, we can't give gifts out. Like, it's yeah. illegal for me to say, Fran, give me a listing and I'll give you a gift. Yeah, yeah. But I could refer Fran, a client, and say... You know, you have a, a an accounting business. Yeah. Talk to why not you. Yeah, you gotta. You have to be a giver in yeah. your business, and I think that's something a lot of people that need to understand is that not one, not every conversation is going to be about a transaction. Right. It's just you're building rapport with people. That's it. You're and building I a think, relationship. I love this quote. I'm going to quote Joey the lawyer. <laughs> we were at, and I'll I'll definitely send this to him. But we were at dinner once. I remember he said that someone asked him in his industry. Like, Joe, like, you know, you're getting so much business now. Like, you're, you know, a lot of people know you. Like, wh what are you doing? And Joe's response was, I woke up from a nine-year nap. He goes, no. He goes, what do you think I've done? I sponsor events. I go to networking events. I go, I'm on social media. I'm doing the things that need to be done. Because there's a difference between advertising, marketing, and branding. You've built a brand. Right. And the brand is what keeps people coming back. You can advertise a market all you want, bring in leads, but if people keep leaving and there's a bounce off rate, yeah. it's because your brand isn't strong enough or right. your brand isn't something they resonate with. And, and that's something that, and that's something I think you've built over the last 18 years is an actual brand. Yeah, it's not easy to build a brand. No. Um, not know, at all. And I when I first started, I, I didn't even I didn't even think about a brand. That wasn't even a word really. It wasn't back even then. right. We didn't it was not a brand. No. Like, all I needed to do was pay my bills, pay the lights, yeah, you know, and make a little living and, yes. and live happy and, and put food on the table. Absolutely. I was not thinking, you know, Joe Cosentino, uh, Morris Park like I was not thinking no. of it. The only thing I, I was in Morris Park, I did business in Morris. I grew up in Morris Park. So I said, you know what? I feel like this name should live on. Yeah, I mean, I could have made it anything. I, I did have another name. It was AGJ Realty before mm. it was Morris Park. Yeah, and I took the three initials of my children's names, and I came up with AGJ Realty, and that's what my first business was. Yeah, uh, but then I switched it to Morris Park Realty, and yeah. I, I changed it to, and I put Morris Park Realty Group mm -hmm. because I started recruiting other business owners and, yeah. and other people in the industry who were kind of going through the same thing I went through. Mm -hmm. Maybe they had a brokerage or they worked for a brokerage that went out of business. Mm -hmm. And back then, a lot of brokerages went out of business. Yeah, and, and it was not like today where 
you see so many realtors, which that's shrinking also. But yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of brokerages that that really went out. I believe then. it. So, Joe, like, I want to ask you. I don't know if you've ever been asked this question on a podcast, but like, what is your why? Like, what is your purpose? Like, what I know your family is huge to you. Sure. But like, dive into that a little bit. Like, what? Like, when you wake up in the morning, even if you're not having a good day, right? Like, what is getting you like going on those rainy, crappy days? <laughs> I would say the motivation is is helping people. I've always been, like you said, a giver. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always tried to help people. Um, and when I see, you know, families and, and especially what's going on today in this environment, yep. um, people lose focus on what's important. You know, what's important to me might not be important to you. And, and I'm not going to drive and, and force my beliefs down your throat. Yeah. But when someone comes and says, you know, can you help me find a place to live? Or yeah. I need to sell this house. I'm, I'm having financial troubles. You know, uh, I need help. Mm -hmm. uh, I think most people, I think they're afraid to ask for help. Uh, absolutely. And, and they, they don't want to realize they made a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be a divorce. It could be whatever. You know, sickness. You know, there's many reasons why people sell a property or, or need to sell, mm -hmm. you know, a death in the family is, is most of the clients yeah. that I see someone passed away, you know, the children have the house, they don't, own, they don't want to be landlords, they yeah. don't really know what to do, mm -hmm. Absolutely, um, they'll come to me for advice and say, mm -hmm. look, you know, we inherited this house, this is a house we all grew up in, uh, there's three of us, two of us want to sell, one of us wants to keep it, you know, what do we do? Yeah. And it's just giving advice and, and trying to help people. Uh, that's pretty much what what you know that drives me in the morning. Like the night when I go to bed at night, obviously you're gonna wake up to problems. There's always problems. <laughs> There's always a problem, uh, especially in our business. Yeah, I'm I'd walking see. in here and I'm dealing with problems. Uh, you heard on the phone. Absolutely. Um, so how do you handle those problems? You got to yeah. stay calm. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always had a good calm demeanor. Yep. Um, I've always been a good salesman. I've mm. always had good sales skills. I could think on my feet. Yep. Um, I'm not saying I know everything. Yeah. But as you go on in this business and your career, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that the people that have been in it for a while, that have done it, you, you know, you go through things like you've been through it and you remember not to make those same mistakes again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, try to keep that. You know, I made mistakes, so let me keep those mistakes in front so I don't make those mistakes again. Well, there's no losses. There's lessons, right? I think, like we always say, the biggest failures are in the world are the most successful people because of the amount of times they've had to fail to yeah. figure out where to get to where they are now. Right. And I think a lot of people get in the business and they expect everything to go smooth. I think there's too much. And I had this conversation with uh, Pete the owner of BK Bagel on the podcast as well. And he made a great point. He said that there's too much, um, you know, glorification of owning a business. Yeah. And no, I think no one sees the, the hard work. The, no, the, no, the guts and, and they see the glory, but they don't see all that. They see the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot in the, in the real estate industry though. I think a lot of people become real estate agents and expect the brokerage that they're at to like hand them leads and hand yeah. them listings. Right. It's no, you are a 1099 worker right. and you own your business. Like you are a business owner. Mm -hmm. And I think. And that's as, a mindset. Yeah. They, when, when I interview a new realtor coming in and I obviously they all come in and they all oh, want to work and, and 
work for you. I want to learn from you. Yeah. You know, that's the first thing I asked him. You know, you don't work for me. I'm not your boss. No. I'm here to help you and guide you and make sure you're doing everything legally. Yes. But you're your own boss. Yeah. Let's get that straight. What you put in is what you get out. Right. So we sit down. It's it's more of like a, a consultation. It's They come in it like expecting an interview, like a job interview. And I'm like, if you think this is a job, you're in the wrong place. Then no. leave, leave. It's a career. It's a career. It's a and very- it's your own business. Like you're opening up a business. Yeah. So how much money do you have saved? And they look at me like, nothing. I'm like, well, how are you going to advertise? Do you have a car? How many realtors come and they say they don't have a car? I'm like, well, how are you going to get around? How are you going to go show properties? Like, I, I didn't think of that. I'm it's like, the stigma. I think, <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I had this conversation with someone not that long ago that the barrier to entry of becoming a real estate agent, they need to raise it. Yeah. You know, obviously some people have been initially, you know, get grandfathered in, but like, you are part of some people's biggest financial transaction ever, ever. ever. Yeah, and average home is is six hundred thousand, which so is insane. What are you gonna you like? Know, what else can you buy that's six hundred thousand? I don't even know. Right, you know, not much. Not much. Maybe so. if you'd have to buy a, a, a Bugatti. Yeah, it's probably more. Which that's is more. about the only thing like <laughs> you know? upper upper tier of yeah. luxury or or sports car market. Exactly. So I think that there needs to be, you know, maybe it's maybe it's you, whoever it is. There has to be a change in the mindset because in real estate, because I have always well, felt it, it also depends on the brokerages. So a lot yes. of brokerages. In the past, it's just getting numbers because, you know, I'm not going to bash other brokerages, but it's like, oh, I have 200 realtors. Yes. How many of them actually produce? Okay. So that's 30. Right. So out of 200 realtors, you're lucky if 10% are doing deals. Lucky. Right. And that's the key word. Lucky. And how can you, as one person, me, the broker owner who's doing his own business and selling and purchasing and, you know, I also do my own real estate investing. Yeah, Absolutely. how can I, as one person, manage a hundred people? I, that's not even possible. It's impossible. It's Unless impossible. you have multi layers of management, you know, and then you have costs involved. So yeah. a manager, you hire a broker as a manager, he becomes an associate broker. He yep. no longer is selling. He's overhead. Yeah. You got to pay him a salary. Yeah. And if you have a hundred agents and they're all producing, great. But if twenty are producing and eighty are just you know, sitting out there, you got to <laughs> manage playing with their thumbs. How are you going to pay for all this? And I, and I think that, and and that goes back to people don't understand business. You know, they understand like what goes into it, the salaries, the people, the personalities, all these different things. And I think also there's, there's the lack of understanding that becoming a real estate agent is, is it's a 365, 24, seven. Like you can't make it in any business. You know, this is, it's not a nine to five. No. I it's, mean, you open up uh, a bakery. You got to be there every day. You got to be there every day. You open you up a to. pizzeria. Some people say, oh, I want to open up a pizzeria. Great. Who's making the pizzas? I'm going to make the pizzas. Okay. Okay. Seven days a week operation. Mm-hmm. You got to get in early. All right. So maybe you get in at 11. You get the the rush hour. And then you got two hours. There's nothing going on. But then you got dinner. And then you got the weekends. And then you got holidays. And you got orders and takeout and all these different things. And you and got mobile apps and, and all oh. this. But at night. At 10, 11 o'clock, the place shuts down. Yeah. Whereas you're a realtor, 
your phone never shuts down. I never, and th- and that's the thing you have as a realtor. You have to set boundaries. You have to set boundaries. You have to, so, right? You know, because you'll you'll never have any free time. No. If you feel like I got to pick up this call at ten o'clock at night, they're always going to call you at ten. They're o'clock. always going to keep calling you at ten o'clock. Yeah. So you set up some limits. You know, mm-hmm. you say to the people, okay. Call me after nine, or I'll be in the office at from eleven to four, or whatever yeah, the number, whatever, whatever the time is. You know, six o'clock. I have dinner. Call me at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you you do that for your clients too. Like I've called people at ten o'clock at night, not realizing that it's ten o'clock, and I'm like, oh man, it's ten o'clock, and I called this person. And, yeah, and, you know, some people that they're, they're fine with it, but there are people like you're calling me at ten o'clock because yeah. I'm wait till the morning. Yeah, but my brain is so wired, and and I'm yeah. like so busy from the day. Sometimes I get catching home, on. and I'm like, oh, I forgot to call this person. Yeah, you're playing catch like, up. You could have called me tomorrow. It's yeah. no big deal. Yeah, it's it, busy people understand busy people, right. right? Like it's busy person's problems. Yeah, but I I, I want to ask you one last question. Put yourself in a room mm-hmm. full of a few hundred people. Okay, right? You just made a speech, motivational, inspirational. What would be the last statement you would want those people to hear to walk out with? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I would have to say. You know, don't give up. Like, yep. if you're having hard, challenging times, do not give up. Just keep pushing through, you know, whatever your challenges are, if it's financial, if it's health, if it's whatever it is that you're feeling, um, just keep going. If, if you love what you're doing, like I love what I do, otherwise I wouldn't do it, um, just keep continuing to love what you do and, and don't give up. I love it, Joe. Great. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming You're on. Welcome. Thank you. Everybody, like, subscribe, share. If you have real estate questions, Joe's your guy. Yeah. And uh, his information will be in the description. And like always, why not you? Great. Thank you.